Well, good morning. Welcome to a uh, very new kind of normal. Um, all of us have uh, lived this week outside of our comfort zone, and uh, all of us are trying to adapt and kind of figure out how to uh, live in this upside-down world. And uh, we, just like you, have spent the last week trying to figure out how to do that. So for the next 30 minutes or so, uh, we just want to take some time and kind of refocus a little bit, focus on the Lord, and um, actually try to encourage and uplift each other as we head through the week. So thanks for joining us. Before we get going too far, I want to tell you about some changes for next week. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to do things a little bit different. Rather than do a live broadcast, uh, what we're going to do is at midnight on Saturday night, we are going to have this uploaded to our Facebook page, and we're going to have the service also loaded on our YouTube channel, as well as the audio version on all of our uh, podcast platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple. Uh, that way, when you get up on Sunday next week, you should be able to go ahead and listen based on your schedule, not necessarily um, on ours. It'll also help with some technology issues to make sure that uh, we have everything worked out. So it's a process like you of trying to figure out how to adapt. So uh, that's kind of how we're, we're going to head things out next week. So let me challenge you. Uh, take care of each other. Uh, a lot of people are going through a lot of really hard times during this time. So um, let's watch out for each other. Let's take care of each other. If you uh, want to be in touch with us regarding what's happening and prayer requests and things like that, make sure we're on, you're on our email list. Uh, you can either email me or go on our Facebook page and sign up for that. Uh, it comes out uh, through MailChimp every Monday night, Tuesday morning. We send out uh, our prayer request just to kind of touch base with everybody. Uh, then the next way that we're going to communicate, our second way will be Facebook. And then our third is our website. But our primary deal is going to be email. So make sure that we've got your email address. That'll, that'll, that'll help us a lot. So let's start this morning with a word of prayer. Lord... It has been a very difficult week. And Lord, just a lot of turmoil, a lot of chaos. But yet, Lord, uh, we're in the middle of talking about learning to be anxious for nothing. So, Lord, will you help us in the days ahead that we will focus on our faith, not necessarily the things that we're afraid of. That, Lord, you would give us wisdom uh, instead of worrying, that we would be uh, sensible in the way that we approach things. And that, Lord, you'd help us to really look to prayer uh, instead of, of panic. Lord, we ask you that, you that you'd heal our land, Lord, spiritually, physically, uh, Lord, emotionally, relationally, Lord. There's just so much going on right now, and I just pray that you would ease and, and, and comfort hearts. Lord, for our leaders, I ask that you would guide them, that you would protect them, that you would give them wisdom to know um, what are the best decisions to make, that, Lord, you would uh, put a hedge of protection about them as well. And Lord, this morning, as we spend some time together opening your word, I pray that you would encourage our hearts. I ask, Lord, that you would, in a very unique way, Lord, um, help us to be able to handle things well. And in such a way, Lord, that people can see Christ in us this week. And uh, Lord, again, thanks for the time. Thanks for the opportunity, Lord, to even be able to communicate at this level. And uh, just use it. These things we ask in your name. Amen. If... You've been with us, you know where we are. About five, uh, we, about three weeks ago, we started a series called Anxious for Nothing. 
And uh, it's ironic, there probably couldn't be a more timely series uh, than this in the times that we're dealing with right now. Uh, we started that series, and it's a Max Lucado study, and so we set up small groups. We have small groups that meet with a DVD during the week, and uh, we, I preach on the topic on Sunday, and then they meet during the week, and then we come back in here on Sunday and do it again. And so we're, we've gone through the first three weeks. We are now into the fourth week, and then we'll finish it up next week. Uh, I want to encourage you, um, if you, if you missed some of the series, or if you weren't, we were actually able to take some video that we had and we put it on our YouTube channel. Um, so you can just search Holly Springs Bible Fellowship and uh, you can find that on YouTube or you can do any of the podcasts and uh, you can uh, catch up on that series. So because of the uniqueness of the situation, I thought I'd spend a little bit of time this morning, about three to four minutes on each one of the, 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 the topics that we've talked about so far. Um, this series is based on Philippians chapter 4, and in Philippians chapter 4, Paul writes, he's in prison, he writes to the church at Philippi, he's trying to encourage them, he's trying to get them to um, have, a, have a right attitude in, in spite of people and worry and circumstances and things, and so Paul addresses the issue of joy, and it's a great book to read, especially during a time like this, and so uh, Paul has uh, gone through a, a lot of stuff, and uh, he writes to these people to encourage them, in Philippians chapter 4, um, he gives us a, a, a way to handle anxiety, to handle difficulty, to handle hardship, to handle crisis, and still remain calm. And Paul's life was, was a life of struggle, so this is not a, a trouble, worry-free kind of life. And so I want to walk you through what we've been through up until now. In the first week, we talked about his, the principle of Philippians chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And basically, here's the concept. The concept is I want this area of the state to represent the world, stuff that happened, even including what's happening right now in our country and our, our nation around the world. Um, you know, the reality of it is, because we're Christians, we don't escape this. Everyone has to deal with this. Um, Jesus said uh, when he was talking to the disciples, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And Jesus says, look, you need to understand that light, the, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you get a pass on the things that happen within the world. And so we need to understand that we, this area is just going to represent the stuff that happened. And what's unique is that as a Christian, as someone who's placed the faith and trust in Jesus Christ, as someone who is a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ, a Christ follower, God gives me something that people here don't have. And he says that, if I am his child, if I put my faith and trust in him, I'm his child. And so just as a father protects his children, I now have, as a believer, a different place to handle the stuff that, light, that comes in life. <clears throat> I now have the shelter of the Almighty. I now have the protection of God, understanding that God is going to watch over and care for me, just like a good parent does his children. And so Paul says, because of that, you need to rejoice in the Lord always. He gives you three things. He says, first of all, rejoice. Secondly, do it in the Lord. And three, always do it. He said, learn it as a practice of life to rejoice in what God has done for you and for me. So what happens is, in spite of everything that's going on out there, I'm able to sit here and say, Lord, thanks. Thanks for the way that you've protected me. Thanks for the way that you've taken care of me. Lord, thanks for the fact that you've given me a roof over my head. You've allowed me to be in this country. 
Thanks for the fact, Lord, no matter what happens to me, I, if, if, if I lose my life, I die and go with, and be with you. So, Lord, everything, I, I just rejoice in all the things that you've given me. Paul said, if you're going to handle calm in a world of chaos, this is the first step. You have to rejoice in the Lord. You always have to rejoice in the Lord, no matter what your circumstance. Paul is saying this while he's in prison. So that's the first step. The first step is that I learn to rejoice in God's protection over me and the way that God has provided, takes care of me, and meets my needs. Then he says, let your gentleness be made known unto all because the Lord is near. Paul then says, when you're out here, when you're dealing with this stuff, I want you to respond in gentleness. You don't need to be panicked. You don't need to be doom and gloom. You don't need to be end of the world. You don't need to have this this paranoia. You don't need to go out and hoard stuff because you, you might be left without. Paul said, let your gentleness, let people look at you and go, you know what? There's just a calm about them that I I don't understand. And Paul says, let your gentleness be known to everybody. He said, as the world looks at you, you want them to see a calm that they don't have because you are under the shelter of the Almighty. And Paul reminds them, he says, because for you, the Lord is near. There is nothing that you're going to go through that God's not with you in it. He said, so you can handle the stuff of the world with God's help because the Lord is with you. So I rejoice in the Lord. I understand that the Lord is with me. I can be gentle. I don't have to be paranoid and freaked out and panic. And then Paul says, Don't be anxious about anything. Now, that's a tough challenge in the weeks that we, in the last couple of weeks that we've had, and in the weeks ahead. Paul says, here's what I want you to understand. Don't be anxious about it. And he's not saying, Paul's not saying, look, don't, don't, don't get concerned. Paul's not saying, take stuff frivolously. Paul's saying, look, you don't need to live in this anxious, bent up, tight knit kind of lifestyle. You don't need to be losing sleep. You don't need to be panicked over everything that's happening, over stuff that you see on the news and social media and everything else. We're going to talk more about this next week. But he says, be anxious for nothing. And then he tells you how to do that. And so this is what we talked about last week. He says, basically, what you need to do is by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Paul said, and I used the trash can last week um, as an illustration And I said, look, every week at my house, what happens is my wife and I, we take things that we want to get rid of and we put them in the trash. So every week I take stuff and what happens is I go to the trash can and I put it in the trash. And then in our house, the trash guy or trash gal, they come on Thursday morning. So on Wednesday night, I wheel my cart out to the road. I put it there and the trash person takes it away. Now, here's the thing. When I put something in the trash can, I don't think about it again. I don't focus on it. I don't worry about it. Why? Because now that it's in the trash can, I now, and this is what Peter says when he says, cast all your burden upon him because he cares for you. I now cast it away and I put it aside and it's not my issue anymore. I don't worry about the trash anymore. I don't focus on the trash anymore. Now, Satan does. Satan wants to bring that up and constantly wave it in front of me. So my focus now becomes the trash. And here's what most of us do. Most of us, we say that we do this, and we're pretty good at saying that we do this. So you ask, oh, yeah, I prayed about it. 
and then we continue to worry about it. Here's really what we're doing. We're saying when we have trash, when we have something that we want to get rid of, can you imagine me doing this? Can you imagine me taking this trash and going and throwing it away and going, you know what? I'm worried that my trash guy, my trash gal is not going to take that and handle it in the right way. I'm worried that they won't. I, I need to know that they're going to put it in the trash bin the right way. I need to know that they're going to put it in a spot in the truck that I know that it will get to the landfill. So what we do is we say, look, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to trust God. And then we go back in and we start carrying it around. And it'd be like me walking around all week with this. And my wife comes up to me and says, hi, honey, what are you doing? And I say, oh, you don't understand. I'm worried that the trash person won't handle this the right way. Because, you know, I, he takes it up and he dumps it in the thing. And if the wind comes by it, it's going to end up in the ditch. And I'm going to have to deal with it another week. So I'm going to hold on to it. <clears throat> and Thursday morning, I'm going to get up early. At 8 o'clock, I'm going to be already standing out by the road. Because I know that he's going to come by by 9 o'clock. And at 9 o'clock, I'm going to knock on his window and I'm going to say, hey, listen, I want to I give you this. But before I give you this, I want to know how are you going to handle this? What are you going to do with this? Are you going to put this and handle this the way that I want this handled? And that person would look at me like I've lost my mind. You would look at me as I go through the week going, what are you carrying that for? And I say, oh, I want to make sure that it gets in the trash on Thursday. And yet, that's how many of us live our lives. We say, well, I've prayed about it. And God's going to take care of it. And yet, we carry it around. And we don't just carry around one thing. We carry around 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 things. Things that we were never designed to carry. And Paul says, look, you need to take your requests, you need to give them to God, and you need to let him deal with it. And Paul says, this is what we want to do. And so that's where we left off last week. We're going to talk about what happens when we learn to do this today. Because here's what Paul goes on to say. This is the fourth idea. So the idea is rejoice. The idea is to trust um, is to let my gentleness be known to everybody, to understand the Lord is near, the Lord's with me through all of this. The things that come up in my life that bother me, I pray about, I then cast them upon the Lord, I push them away. And now I'm not going to worry about it anymore. It's now the Lord's problem. Now the Lord's going to have to help me through this. And then here's what Paul says. He says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about the peace of God that Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 4. We have a world that is in a lot of turmoil right now. We have a world that the truth be told is anything but peaceful. We have a world in which uh, there are very few people who are walking around peacefully, and yet we need to understand it because this is such an important Bible principle, and especially for a time like this. So this morning, we want to dive into this thing about peace and what the Bible has to say about peace so that we can live in the week ahead in peace, not in turmoil, not in conflict, not in paranoia, not in, in worry and, and anxiousness. We want to be able to be calm. So let's talk about this, this idea of peace. In the American culture, we think peace is absence of conflict. So in the American world, what happens is we often say, well, things are at peace when everything's going great. We look at peace as dependent upon our circumstances. And the, the, there could be nothing further from the truth. Paul here is in anything but a peaceful situation. Jesus told his disciples, look, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. 
You're going to have difficulty. You're going to have hardship. You're going to have difficult circumstances. You can still be at peace. And we see it often in the life of Jesus Christ. And, and we're going to talk about that at the end. Um, I, I like what one of the ancient church writers said. He said, um, peace is really tranquility of order. And I think that is so rich. It's the idea of, you know what, in spite of everything that goes on around me, I can have an order and I can have a calm to my life in what God has provided for me. So let's understand a little bit about peace in the Bible. Um, first of all, the Old Testament. Uh, the word peace is used about 330 plus times in the Old Testament. Um, it's a word some of you might be familiar with, the word shalom. Uh, it's, a big, it's a big Jewish Hebrew word, um, shalom. Uh, if you've ever been to Israel, you'll see it and hear it often. If, you've ever been, if you have Jewish friends, you'll see it and hear it often. The idea is it, 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 it's, it's more than just high and by. It's this, it's this idea of they're wishing you well. I wish my biggest wishes and blessings upon you. Shalom is how they greet you. Shalom is how they, 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 they leave you. Because the idea is peace, wholeness, completeness. It's interesting, when we're, one of the best stories about this in the Old Testament is the story of Gideon. And what happens is uh, the children of Israel are under persecution from the Midianites. And the Midianites are, are, are attacking the children of Israel and they cry out for deliverance. And God's going to send them um, someone to take care of that, a, a deliverer by the name of Gideon. And so God has to come to Gideon and tell Gideon what he's going to do. So God comes to Gideon and he finds Gideon. Gideon is threshing wheat. In the book of Judges, Gideon's threshing wheat. He's, he's hiding from the Midianites. He's in a wine press. So that's the one place you, you don't really thresh. But he's hiding from the Midianites, trying to get enough grain to make a loaf of bread. And so God, the angel of the Lord, Jesus, comes to him and says, and I think this is crazy. He's hiding from the enemy. And, and, and the angel comes to him and says, Gideon, thy might, thou mighty man of valor. Now listen, if there's anything that Gideon is not at this point, it's a mighty man of valor. But God saw the potential. God knew what he could do with Gideon if Gideon would be willing. And so he tells Gideon what he's going to do, and Gideon's going to ultimately deliver the children of Israel from the Midianite. He's going to do some incredible things that God's going to do through him. <laughs> but when, when he leaves, when he leaves this place, what happens is uh, Gideon decides to build an altar to God. Since he's met with God He's decided to build an altar, and he calls the name of the place Jehovah Shalom. He says, in the midst of conflict, in the midst of battle, in the midst of difficulty, I have met with the God of peace. And you see this concept over and over. You see in the, in the, uh, uh, that, uh, uh, the peace that comes like a river. Uh, you see all of these interesting ideas in, in the Old Testament. When we get to the New Testament, it's very, very different. Uh, when we get to the New Testament, there's three types of peace that are talked about in the New Testament. And so I want to break them down before we get to the one that, uh, that we're going to deal with uh, today in Philippians chapter 4. And so the first idea, the first concept uh, that we see has to do with peace with God. Uh, we find it in Romans chapter 5, and here's what he says. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first kind of peace the New Testament talks about is peace with God. Um, it has this idea that uh, when we're born, we're born sinners. God is holy. God's holiness and sinners can't exist together. So what God does is God came to this earth um, as a child 
Uh, he lived a sinless life. That's the Christmas story is, is Jesus' birth. He lives a sinless life. He doesn't have to die, but he willingly goes to the cross. And he dies in our place. That's the Easter story. And so what happens is Jesus then offers his sinlessness to us. He says, look, I will take your sin. I will give you my sinlessness. So now you can be with me in, in all, for eternity. We call this salvation. Uh, some people call it new birth. There's all kinds of words and terms for it. But it's the idea that I have come to a point, and this is what Romans chapter 5 says, that I have placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I come to a place where I'm no longer God's enemy. I'm now his child, and just like our shelter. Now I have God as my protection. I now, because I'm a child of God. <clears throat> We're born enemies of God. But Paul says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. I'm no longer his enemy. I'm now his child. <clears throat> I trust that's true of all of you. I trust that you've put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I hope that you're not trusting in a church or a religion or a system or something else in order to, have, in order to be with Christ forever. This is what Paul talks about in peace with God. At, at our church here, we have a whole bunch of believers that get together, people who have done this. And we try to encourage and build each other up. This, because our relationship with God is so important. And, and we'd love to hear from you if you don't have that relationship. And it's, it's a really simple thing. We, we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And for me, it was a, as a teenager um, in Detroit, Michigan. I just simply prayed, Lord, I know I'm a sinner and I know I need a Savior. And uh, I can't save myself. And Lord, as, as best as I know how, I'm putting my faith and trust in you as my only Lord and Savior. And Lord, I ask you to come in my heart. Be my, be my heavenly Father. And Lord, make me your child. And it was that simple. And at that point, I started a relationship with God. And at that point, I went from an enemy of God to now having peace with God. And so the first type of peace the Bible talks about is peace with God. And I trust that each of you have that. Um, because that is the most important message this morning. Secondly, there is what we call peace with others. Um, we call this uh, peace or with our relationship to man. Romans 12 um, says it this way. Uh, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Paul says, all right, there's a second kind of peace that, that the Bible talks about, and here's what you need to know. It's about peace with, with each other. Now, in light of all that's happened in the last week, we have all of a sudden taken families and put them in close proximity to one another. And this issue of peace, I know, gets tested. Here's what I would remind you. I would remind you that it takes two people to fight. It takes two people to uh, be at war with each other. Just because someone has declared war on you doesn't mean you have to declare war on them. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, look, just because somebody is pushing your buttons doesn't mean you have to fight and argue and push their button back. You can be at peace with them. Um, for those of you who know me, you know that growing up in Detroit and Chicago, um, I learned to drive pretty aggressively, and, and I, even though I've been gone from there for a long time, I still do that. And uh, so when I'm driving, I have a tendency to drive everybody else's car as well, and I will tell people how to drive, and I will, I will tell people that I want them basically um, to just pull off the side of the road. I think that I should be the one issuing driver's license to everyone. And so I, 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 that, that's one of my buttons that gets pushed. I get somebody who's going too slow or whatever else, or, <clears throat> and I start making comments. And my wife, she started this last year. 
my wife, what she does now, she, she reaches over and she taps my leg and she goes, honey, I choose peace. Now, that's another button that she's starting to push, but that's okay. I, I start looking at it going, okay, okay, she's right. I choose peace. I'm not going to let that affect me. I choose peace. And if you think that I'm going to engage you on this and feed this, I'm not going to. I choose peace. And, and so when Paul writes to Romans, the Romans, the, the Christians at Rome, he says, look, basically you need to live peaceably. With you don't have to declare a war on somebody just because. I can't determine who declares war on me. I can't determine whether I declare war on them. I can determine whether or not I live peaceably with them as much as is possible on my end of it. And that's what he says. And then, so, so we have peace with God. That has to do with my relationship with Jesus Christ, becoming a Christian. I have peace with others. That depends on what I do every day as I interact with other people. And then we have what Paul is talking about in Philippians chapter 4. And here's what he says. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let me help you and walk you through this one more time. And so we're going we're gonna to add a little bit now to our, to our illustration here. So Paul says, when you're, when, you're going through, when you're going through difficult times, when you're, when you're going through hardship, when you're going through struggles, when, when, when the world is acting incredibly chaotic, when you're going through all, I mean, you know, you, you, you don't know about your job, you don't know about income, you don't know about school, you don't know about... Um, relationship. It's just all this turmoil. Paul says, okay, here's, here's what I want you to do. He said, the first thing I want you to do is to go over here and rejoice. Always. In the Lord. Rejoice. Because God is protecting you. As you're out here, you don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be panicked. You don't have to be doom and gloom. You don't have to be end of the world. Paul said, let your gentleness be known to everyone. You watch this in the life of Christ over and over again. Christ finds himself in difficult situations, and you don't seem panicky. You see him handling it very, very well. And Paul says, let your, your gentleness be known to everybody because the Lord's near. I mean, he's right there. He's your heavenly father. He's taking care of you. He's protecting you. And as things come up that you start to worry about, Paul said, what I want you to do is I want you with prayer and petitions and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and trust God to take care of it. And that's where, that we, we, we understand that now. But here's what he adds to it now. This is what Paul says. He said, and then when you do this, when you do this, something unique is going to happen. And Paul said, when you do that, God is going to now give you the peace of God. Now, this is really, really important. He says, God is going to give you the peace of God. Not peace from God. The peace of God. Um, this is a USB stick. Many of you know what one of these is. Uh, let me tell you a little bit of a story. A couple months ago, I went to visit my mom down in Texas. And uh, while I was down there, um, one of the things, my mom and I had, have been working this year on, on what I do is, uh, I found a program that sends her a, a question, an email question every week, and she has to answer it. And so we've done this every week all year long. And then at the end of the, at the, end of the year, what happens is all of these questions go into a book. 
And one of the things that the software allows us to do is it allows us to put pictures with that. And so in the end, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take all these questions and all of the answers, and we're going to put pictures with it, and then we're going to make some books, and we're going to have it for our family. And so while I was down there, we were, we were trying to go through different pictures with the different questions and the stories that she had written and those kinds of things. And so uh, we, there were some that we didn't have. So uh, I got with my sister and uh, Cindy and David, and they, they, they got together, and, and I said, hey, there's some pictures. And she, they go, hey, I've got it. And so I said, can you guys get me a copy of it? And here's what they did. They, they handed me this USB. And they said, okay, here's the pictures that you're looking for. Here's the pictures that we've got. And this USB is set on my desk the whole time. And when I get a chance, what I'm going to do, I'm going to take this USB, I'm going to put it into my computer, I'm going to download the pictures, and I'm going to start putting them in with the story. Now, here's the thing. All of the pictures are right here. But I haven't looked at them yet. I haven't accessed them yet. And I haven't downloaded them yet. When I need to, that's what I'm going to do. What Paul says is that's what God does for us. When you rejoice, when you learn to understand that the Lord is near, when you learn to cast your care upon him, to let him have your request, to let him deal with your stuff, then what he does is he says, now, and we're going to talk about how this works out next week. Now, here is the peace of God. Let me, under, let me explain to you what he's offering us. Let me ask you what's, let me explain to you what's on the USB stick that he handed us. He said, this is the same peace that I had when I was here. This is the same peace that allows me that when there's a storm, I'm sleeping on the boat. This is the same peace that says when people are mistreating me and beating me, I'm not losing my mind. I'm not going nuts. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not all frantic and worried and panicked. This is the peace that says no matter what people, however people treat me, I'm going to respond and gentleness and kindness and patience and love and mercy and, gent and, and goodness. This is the kind of thing that allows me when I'm hanging on a cross that I'm concerned for the people who have put me here. And I'm able to look and say, Father, forgive them. They, they don't know. I'm worried about them, Lord. This is the kind of peace that hanging on a cross, he's concerned about who's going to take care of his mother. This is the kind of peace that's concerned about two criminals hanging on both sides of me. And he's concerned about them. This is a kind of peace that says no matter what happens in a garden where one of my disciples loses, loses control and whacks off the ear of a soldier, this is the kind of peace that says, here, let me go help you and heal it and put it back like it was. God says, when you do this, rejoice, rest in me. When you cast your, put your request to me, I then give you the peace of God. Whether or not you download it, whether or not you access it, whether or not you implement it is up to you. But God says, I'm going to give you a peace that when the world looks at it, they will not understand any of it. When the world sees you handling this situation, they look at it and go, how come you're not? How come you're not? How, why are you, how are you? And you're able to look at it and say, you know, I understand the Lord's with me. You know, I can't, I can't explain the peace that I have in my heart. All I know is that I have a peace in the midst of all of this from my Heavenly Father. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, no one can understand it, guards, and it's, it's interesting, it guards your heart and it guards your mind. So when Satan wants to bring up all of the stuff that I've given to God, 
I have the peace of God that God's going to take care of it. And that's what Paul says. He said, that's what we need to understand. So when the world is looking at us, wondering what's happening, we as Christians, we as children of God, we understand that the Lord is near. The Lord is my protector. The Lord, the, we who have cast all of our care upon him because he cares for us. The, we can stand there and say, you know what? It'll be okay. May not be the way. I mean, Paul's about ready to die because of what he believes. And Paul's able to go, I'm at peace. It's okay. It's going to be all right. It's interesting. Jesus, in John chapter 14, which many of you know, in my father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you. In John chapter 14, we often focus on the first part of the chapter. We don't focus on the middle, the end of the chapter. Here's what he said. Here's what Jesus looking at his disciples, knowing that he's about releases it. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. He says, I'm not giving you the same kind of peace that this group are. I'm giving you something completely different. Don't let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. He looks at his disciples and says, guys, it's going to be okay. And I think that's a message we could all use this morning. Is the fact that because of the peace of God, because of the peace that God offers me, I don't have to panic and get all paranoid and all bent out of shape this week. And what happens? Why? I can rejoice. I can rest. I can take my request to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, is what God will do in and through my life. As we wrap things up this morning, I want to challenge you. Philippians is a great book. It is an awesome book to be able to go to and to look at regarding this whole issue of joy in the midst of circumstances or worry or things or people. Um, so, so I'm going to challenge you to read the whole book if you get a chance this week. Um, it's only four chapters, so you, you read a chapter a day, you can almost read it twice in a week. But I want to remind you that as he talks about in this thing, rejoice in the Lord always, always. If you didn't get it the first time, let's say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to everyone. The Lord's near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ. So I want to remind you this morning, God is the God of peace. Jehovah Shalom. As his child, rejoice. Rest. Take your request to him. Take the peace that he offers you. Embrace it. Download it. Make it your own this week. I end every Sunday with a benediction, so here it is this morning. My prayer for all of us this week is this. May we rejoice in the protection that God has provided. May we never forget that the Lord is near. And he wants us to take our requests to him. We trust him with the things that are heavy on our hearts. May we embrace and access the peace that he gives us to handle the days ahead. And may the world see Jesus in us as we respond this week. So let's pray. Lord, thanks for the time. Lord, thanks just for the opportunity to have a medium like this to, to connect to one another. And Lord, in the days ahead, they're uncertain. 
Lord, there's a lot of question marks by everything. I pray that you would give us um, the focus to be able to really look honestly and openly, Lord, at our lives and how we're responding. And Lord, may we rejoice, may we trust you, may we learn to cast our stuff on you, and Lord, as we deal with stuff, may you help us to embrace the peace that you give us. And Lord, help us as we try to help others. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Well, that about wraps up our time today. Um, Josh and I are going to spend some time this week on the technical side, and so we'll get some things figured out, make some things a little bit smoother. Um, I, wa- I want to thank you for taking the time to watch, and um, I want to challenge you this week. Let's focus on helping someone, someone that we can encourage, someone that we can help, someone that we know is carrying a heavy load this week. And um, let's live peace- peacefully this week in spite of the things that are going on. Because we can be anxious for nothing. Because we know how to handle it with our Lord's help. So, shalom, my friend. And Lord willing, we'll see you again when we meet next week.